0: hi everybody this is hodgepodge history my name is Antonia and I am gonna be your host I am um, hopefully the sound quality is not too terrible this week um, I'm trying to get better as I learn um, but I am on a new software so <laughs> we'll see how this goes um, today's story isn't so much a story as it is kind of just a background in general Um The reason for this is that I am hoping to um, kind of expand on this topic by adding it to later episodes. Um, So this is a good basis. We are going to be talking about unicorns today um, and next week's episode will be on its role in poison. specifically in medieval and renaissance europe um so i want to get started um so just to give you kind of a general overview um records of the unicorn are as old as 2000 years old and they can be found in asia europe and the middle east um sometimes it is a goat but usually it is that horse with one horn Um, The Greeks had unicorns in a lot of their bestiaries, um, specifically the Physiologus, um, and they explained that only a virgin maiden could ever catch a unicorn because she's so pure of heart, and um, they also had records of unicorns fighting and stabbing elephants with their horns. they also are seen in greek mythology purifying unclean water so that other animals won't get sick um romans had pretty similar mythology to the greeks um but the romans did kind of go a little further and explain that the reason nobody ever saw unicorns was because they were native to india and germany and therefore impossible for the public to see um Unicorns first received the name Monoceros and later Pliny the Elder changed it to Unicorn. Um, They are found all throughout history in tapestries and paintings, um, different writings, um, and just art in general. Um, They were believed to be real all the way through the 18th century. Um, Some people say even later. And the, um, I think the best fact that I found was that Marco Polo described that he had seen unicorns on one of his explorations. He said they were ugly brutes. Um, and then somebody had to explain to him once he returned home that he had actually seen a rhinoceros. Um, so I'm going to jump around a little bit today, just giving you kind of a general idea on what was going on in different areas um, and different belief systems um, that the unicorn gets kind of wrapped up in Um. so specifically the Danish um, kind of perpetuated this belief in unicorns Um. in medieval times they had access to narwhals being so far north and because they owned Iceland and the Faroe Islands they would hunt these narwhals take their horns and then they would go into Europe and sell the horns for insane amounts of money. Um, and so it kind of, you know, it was advantageous for them to, um, continue this narrative. So they did this all the way until 1840. Um, the Rosenberg castle, which was the, um, Seat of the Danish kings from 1671 to 1840 featured a unicorn horn coronation chair and um, they also the king would carry a unicorn horn walking stick stick with a removable top that emitted aromatics of herbs Um, and then he also would have a unicorn horn cup to ward off poison and this was the envy of all of Europe um they so from there i think we're gonna jump down to scotland um you start to see in scottish stories this unicorn come up um but they eventually did adopt um the unicorn as the national animal of scotland the unicorn has a lot of ties to um celtic beliefs or pagan beliefs, um, which obviously was very prevalent in Scotland, and um, they later adopted it as that national animal of Scotland because the Scottish are (laughs) um, the pettiest of people (laughs) and um, the unicorn is always believed to be the natural enemy of a lion which is the national animal of england um it is actually now depicted on the british coat of arms um i guess in an attempt to kind of prove that they can work together now um so it's kind of the big notes um with specific nations that adopted this mythology um but I think it's really important we're going to talk about unicorns and Christianity. Obviously, Christianity has a very strong hold in the world, um, and I don't think people realize how certain beliefs are kind of intertwined in the um, Christian world. So, unicorns are actually mentioned in the Bible, um, though many believe it could be a mistranslation of rhinoceros and in a lot of passages it's been changed to ox or wild ox um, the unicorn is often compared and swapped out in medieval stories with Christ as they both represent purity um, the unicorn horn was used for a long time as a symbol for the cross as well um, and if you think about um, in terms of you know, uh, Jesus Christ dying for humanity's sins um, and look at it as the same way as uh, unicorns purifying water um, for fellow creatures. Um, You can see how they kind of became intertwined. Because many writers, such as Beagle, write tales of the unicorn falling from purity and being killed after being introduced to evil characters, they are also assumed to be a metaphor for the fall of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. Um, It's kind of that same idea that this maiden or Eve can cause the fall of innocence, basically. Uh, For many centuries, sermons and stories were told of the unicorns who were too busy to get on Noah's Ark. They were having so much fun playing that they actually went extinct because they forgot to get on the Ark. And later Europeans would explain the absence of unicorns by telling stories of the unicorns being trapped under the sea. Um, It is believed that the Noah's Ark connection kind of created these stories, Um, and then because of its ties to Christianity, you start to see it pop up in um, medieval stories or Arthurian legend where it represents chivalry or chastity or purity. Um, So Beagle's Tale of the Unicorn insists that the unicorn is actually a maiden and named Amalthea who transforms when needed into the unicorn to protect others with her um, horn and Chaucer also told tales of the unicorn but replaced the virgin bait trope with virtuous knights Um, the unicorn is tied tightly to the King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and the stories vary presenting um, them as messengers or dragon fighters or protectors and friends um, c- killing a unicorn in Arthurian legend, for instance, um, Agravain kills one as a child and the act is considered a sign that he's not a good person. Um, the killers of a unicorn would often be punished. Um, so like I said, this is I'm going to expand on this next week, um, but unicorns specifically have um, a tie to poison. Um, specifically as like a protection against poison um, because the Danish owned um, Iceland, like I said, they had access to these narwhal horns and it's believed by a lot of people that they're kind of the ones that started this idea that the unicorn horn could protect you from being poisoned, which um, especially you know, by fourteen fifteen hundreds, 1500s um it had become a huge deal all monarchs were constantly convinced that they were going to be poisoned um and so it was a good way to sell these horns to the wealthy um so they were sold as a cure for poison all the way up until 1741 in european pharmacies and according to eleanor herman's book um the Royal Art of Poison, you have to read that book. It's amazing, kind of hilarious, um, but um, several rulers in Europe owned unicorn horns and drank out of them exclusively. Um, they believed that the horn would protect them from that poison in the same way that the it could um, purify unclean water. So Elizabeth Fur- I had a cup carved from a unicorn and believed that it, if poison ever did come in contact with the cup, it would explode. Um, her unicorn horn was a, her most prized possession and was worth 10,000 pounds at the time, which is the equivalent price of a castle. <laughs> um, so English, an English merchant actually found it on his trade route and was, he brought it back to his queen, um, and it you know this is assumed to obviously be a narwhal horn as well um the medici family also owned a horn and it was worth six thousand gold coins at the time um so it's just kind of a general overview of its role in poison and um, today's episode is going to be shorter um but hopefully it was still interesting i am going to give you a couple of extra little tidbits that i found in my research um Specifically, so Lake Superior State University actually will issue a unicorn hunting license to interested parties every year Um, you can go on their website and they give you instructions on um, what colors to wear. Uh, They recommend wearing Gawain Green or Mordred Red while hunting and use a virgin as bait It is also suggested that adults carry a bottle of Cognac, Cognac, sorry, um, on their hunt. If you are taking children, they recommend um, switching out the Cognac for a juice box. Um, So if anybody would like a unicorn hunting license, go ahead and check out their website. Um, But I think that's where we're going to end today. Um... Thank you so much for all the support. A lot of people have reached out to me in the last week. um, And I hope that I can just get better from here. Um, And again, just thank you so much. Um, I will be back next week.